But so you were a rebel already when you were a child. Oh yeah, I was uh, pretty much of a. I mean, I I got my first like a CD, music CD was a Russian metal band. Um, so I think from that from that day I was kind of lost for for the society for a few years. I was uh, lots of black clothes, lots of chains, and uh, lots of metal music. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Alumni Stories, a podcast produced by the Swedish Institute focusing on the life stories and achievements of Swedish Institute alumni. The guy you just heard is Maxim Vlasov. Maxim went to the Swedish University of Agricultural Sciences in Uppsala on a scholarship financed by the Swedish Institute to pursue a master's degree in environmental economics and management. He graduated in 2015 and today he lives with his wife in Umeå where he's pursuing a PhD in innovative entrepreneurship at the Umeå Business School. During his years in Sweden, Maxim has been engaged in several volunteering projects and NGOs, mostly connected to environmental issues and sustainability. In this episode, we find out more about Maxim's life, like his experience from living and studying in Sweden and how he went from being a high school rebel to an activist. Remember it pretty well, it was a very clearly defined rebel. I mean, I, I could go to school uh, without the uniform and we got the uniform back then in the school. Instead, I would go in this black clothes and I would get a lot of trouble. And I mean, it was really silly things which you would do, but just in order to get either to get attention or it's hard to analyze yourself now. But so what, what, do you remember what you were rebelling against specifically? I think it's more just the structure, like the that everything was too similar, uh, or like everything seemed too similar. Um, everyone was seemed to listen to the same music, everyone was kind of wearing and doing the same and thinking the same. And uh, so, I mean, I remember it pretty well. I just was, I didn't find... I mean, I didn't understand people around me in the sense uh, when I when I was back in school or the priorities they were having in life. And it wasn't that I really developed a manifesto on my own, but it was more that I was just dissatisfied with something and just, I guess, frustrated and looked for something uh, else. So how does a Russian high school rebel end up studying environmental studies in Sweden? Maxim's eyes were opened to Sweden in 2010 when he visited the country for the first time was the first country ever that I visited, so it was quite an impression. Uh, and it was my uncle who, who lives here now who was taking care of me and my parents who, who came, so it was quite a smooth and good kind of touristy experience. Uh, so I remember this pretty well. I mean, I got this kind of an interesting impression of just being in another place where it seemed that everything seemed differently. And uh, also you get, I mean, many would get this kind of impression that everything is perhaps cleaner maybe more ordered uh or just functioning in a way kind of uh, like everything is just uh, like like a machine in a way that everything is just working sort of uh, buses are coming in time people are biking and this kind of feeling you get i guess as a tourist the first impression maxim had studied business management in russia but his experience from living in moscow made him interested in the environmental aspects of society and finally brought him to sweden uh, how come you, you wanted to do environmental studies? Yeah, I mean, it's um, I never I never can really explain that. I mean, w- one reason might be that I, even though I wasn't born in Moscow, I lived almost all my life in Moscow. And when you live in a uh, huge city like that, uh, I mean, it's it's really it's ma- it's really many people, and you, it's really even hard to imagine. It's two Sweden's in in one city in a way, um, and it's very. 
I mean, you can feel it, the tempo and rhythm and the chorus, and it's it's just too much of everything. And I think it was always kind of having given some pressure on me. Uh, and then I just started looking and I found there was quite many options or programs here in Sweden uh, where you could study further, uh, taking your background in management studies, for example, a business administration studies, and then kind of putting this environmental uh, dimension on it. And this basically was like a first, uh, like laugh from the first sight in a way. I found this program in environmental management and is SLU in the Swedish University of Agricultural Sciences in Uppsala. And it was just like the first choice. I applied for it as my first choice. I got into this program as my first choice. And this is what I got the scholarship for. So it's ended up pretty well. So Maxim's environmental studies in Uppsala is also his way into the environmentalist movement. Learning more about the issues concerning the way we live makes him frustrated. I mean, first, first you get the knowledge, uh, which probably which I didn't ha- have before. The knowledge, firstly, a bit about the problems which I was interested in. You kind of get deeper into them, uh, and then you get the frustration because you also understand that the problems are complex and there are many solutions, and you might not agree with some of them. So this is where kind of this frustration and the kind of the desire to to challenge maybe certain assumptions or to to do something about the problem comes it's it's one thing this kind of frustration about feeling yourself when you sit in a house for example you understand that it may be leaking heat all over the place and um, this can and that you cannot maybe do sometimes much about it that it's not just about going and buying uh, greener products or going vegetarian in a way because it's it's even further than that we have infrastructures which is so hard to change and mindsets around us so this was one kind of frustration and another I would say is more that you just learned that there are many opinions about the problem meaning that some people would say that we should go this way and others are saying uh, differently and uh, more or less even if you don't want to join any any of the positions you still understand that something needs to be done and then you kind of realize that either you just start, start to observe or you kind of engage and do something. So so when you started realizing these things, I mean, what was your first uh, way to, to deal with that frustration in terms of engagement? I mean, first first was lots of discussions. I mean, here there in Uppsala, once again, we had the SEMOS, um, uh, which is Center for Sustainable Development, which is uh, at Uppsala University. And they work a lot with education, so they work a lot with developing masters and bachelor courses for about sustainability. And I, I would highly, highly recommend to those who go, for example, to Uppsala to take one of those. Uh, there you get discussions, you get some platforms, you get maybe some workshops or seminars or lectures where you can uh, engage and talk to people. I remember where, where clearly it was there in Samos when um, um, they, they used to arrange this project cafes where students, it's like... Um, in a way, project workshop where students bring their ideas, present their ideas and try to get some supporters or followers. And there was uh, one person who was introducing this ongoing project, which is an international kind of big, and I think Swedish Institute Finance project uh, about um, local resilience. Uh, it was between Russia, Belarus and Sweden. So, so something kind of already clicked on my mind because it was uh, my country cooperating with Sweden on some issues and it was a topic of my interest. It would take too much time for one podcast episode to talk about all the projects Maxim has been involved with. But one project that Maxim likes to talk about himself is his involvement with a project called Greenbag. And the idea was quite simple. We we just wanted to bring uh, some uh, activists from Belarus that were working with environmental issues um, and to work with them on the issue of waste. We we got some visits to a uh, recycling plant, uh, look at some kind of modern technology, this color sorting and all, all of these things, um, the city kind of um, level planning strategies, 
Um, and then we had um, some more kind of hands-on thing when we made bags from broken or secondhand garments uh, ourselves uh, and just painted them with some natural paints and also made a campaign in the park, in the city park here in Stockholm, uh, where those who supported uh, our campaign in one way or another, they could leave like a fingerprint on the bag. Uh, so wrapping this up with an exhibition in the end in the old city it was really good feel kind of having this pulling this from the beginning to the end. I remember when we were going back after one of the study trips uh, on the train, uh, and I remember pretty well there was there was one guy of those who came who was calling um, either his friends or his mother I don't really remember and just kind of telling very in a very exciting voice like that what he saw in a way. Um, and even though I understand it's just one person, and I don't know if this knowledge is ever going to give anything, just having this reali realization that you yourself sort of did something so, which made this person kind of excited enough to call someone and tell about that was quite a big feel. Another project that has been important to Maxim is his involvement with an eco-village on Gotland, Sweden's largest island, situated in the middle of the Baltic Sea. One quiet major thing for me i think was a very crazy thing uh something something which i would never think i would engage this with it was um engaging these more grassroots movements here in sweden and uh, one of them is eco village movement uh basically in quite in a nutshell is a movement of people who are most of them are going back uh, to the countryside and uh, create, trying to experiment with new uh, new ways of living there is one eco village here in sweden which is called sudebun uh, on gotland um, and I went there, was, went there for half a year. How would you describe how this eco-village looks like to someone who has never seen it? There is a one house uh, where people live together, everyone has their own room. Uh, and then they have uh, a common kitchen uh, where usually you, you cook meals in turns. So there are turns, uh, the rotation when people cook. Uh, while others can also engage in other activities which are going on. So it's kind of this uh, both trying to sort your own things and then also trying to change the world. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's just ordinary people, really ordinary people who are, usually you get this uh, idea of the 70s and the 60s and this uh, uh, hippie communities who are like, don't want to work and don't do something. But usually these are people who really want to, most of them really want to actually work. And this is more of an aspiration that you want to do something you know for, for a better change. I asked Maxim if he ever experienced any cultural shocks while in Sweden, especially being so engaged in civil society. I mean one, one thing which is very funny and it's, it's good that you're asking because uh, and it's not just has to do just with these even meetings, I mean it's quite common here a gesture the way when you when you hug each other, especially when you know each other a little bit after a certain time and it's not that uh, strange thing in Russia either, but it's more for the family. You don't really hug your friends in, in, in the sense, or I haven't seen it around me that much when I was growing up. And there, when you have such an atmosphere, when you have these uh, organizations, when people know each other very well, when they're very open-minded, very open-hearted, uh, you get this very like close environment when people are sort of uh, very friendly and they can hug you. And I mean, to me, it was a shock. I remember very clearly this first meeting and people all like, uh, open and like coming to me and uh, it was very hard to leave the secure secure zone <laughs> this I remember very well another challenge to Maxim was perhaps more obviously language but Maxim became fluent in Swedish through his participation in civil society all this kind of activity is usually since it is kind of rooted more nationally and locally it's more in Swedish uh, so you would I mean the language was kind of very crucial but it also was for me the way to learn the language 
Um, this is how I think I mostly learn languages through these kind of meetings because you get a certain topic to discuss in a way and then you can just sit there, you understand maybe nothing, but you get like red faced in a way and hope that no one asks you a question. But after some time you get it, get just, you get used to this. It's like um, just training uh, in, the re in the real world. Because when you start learning a language, you, you feel really stupid. It's, you forget everything. Like you, you know maybe a few words, you can start a conversation, but then you cannot really go on. And then there you just have to make a stand in a sense. To, like don't switch to English with me. After his master's studies, Maxim applied and was accepted to a PhD program at the Umeå Business School, which means that he's set to stay in Sweden for at least a couple of more years. And even if he's not sure where he will be in 10 years, he's still struggling with understanding the fact that he has come to where he is just in three years. It feels, still feels surreal because, uh, I mean, first of all, and I just want, it has to be kind of sad, is when you're a PhD, you're both a student and a worker in a way, kind of together. You're a teacher and you're a student yourself. Uh, and having this identity crisis still hasn't kind of uh, disappeared, meaning that you, when you stand and teach someone and you just were a student uh, a year ago, it's quite an impressive feeling. Um, but overall, I mean, it's, I think, I mean, the overall feeling could be described as surreal because you don't, sometimes you said these things happen and you don't really believe that they sort of, they, they happen. And Maxim agrees that he has changed over the course of his years in Sweden. He isn't a withdrawing high school rebel anymore. I think the I think the biggest difference which I which I can recognize uh, between me coming here and me now is that I'm much more confident of doing things. Sort of, it's as simple as that. Just uh, um, that I could do something myself uh, and with others. I mean, I remember there was someone pulling off a school project with when we do a theater, for example. Uh, or an exhibition of some sort and I would completely uh, just withdraw from that uh, I saw no sense now I would be one of those who like at my work for example who like but let's do that let's do a seminar on that or let's do an activity on that so it became a complete change thank you for having listened to the Swedish Institute podcast focusing on the achievements and life stories of Swedish Institute alumni in this episode we talked to Maxim Lasso from Russia pursuing a PhD at the Umeå Business School. My name is Viktor Lavgren.